Three beers later. Three beers later. Three beers later. Fridge guys. Okay. Tonight is episode four of the Fridge Guys podcast. It is uh, presented by threebeerslater.com. Um, pretty excited for a podcast tonight. I have a few guests here um, in the, the Dane's Horror Dungeon uh, podcast room now. And uh, so we've got a couple new people um, to the podcast. Actually, all three are are new to the podcast one has listened to the podcast before i believe but uh a couple new ones um first i'm going to introduce we've got do you want me to call you by your twitter name or just randy's fine just randy yeah no okay. i'm not here to promote anything well you, we can drink prom- beer and have fun man well that's great uh, we can promote <laughs> your twitter uh the guys at three beers later um they know you by at 402 beer yeah that's right you post uh a little bit about uh, craft beer reviews and stuff like that. Yeah, just a little bit. Haven't been as active lately. <laughs> and uh, we also have the the two gentlemen sitting in front of me that are opening up a brand new craft beer and craft spirits bar here in Lincoln. Josh and Tim with Pour. Good evening, Dane. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dane. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I'm very excited that you guys are here tonight. Kind of how this works is I crack open beers. We drink them. We talk about them. Um, I'll ask you guys some questions about what you guys do and and, uh, how things are going and and maybe uh, when we're going to be able to start drinking beer in your establishment. Um, Also have just some beer-related events that are going on. Also some things that have gone on in the beer industry recently. Just Kind of get your guys' uh, feel on, on what's going on. First thing first, we're going to crack open a beer. All right. Proper. All right. First one I grabbed. I I grabbed everything out of the fridge up there. Um, we're going to drink a Twisted Galaxy from Toppling Goliath. It was in the fridge up there. I don't have ever, you, guys, you guys had this one before? I have not had that. No. I have. Yeah. I have not. No. What? Well, Josh, I haven't had this one either, so you're the only one that... <laughs> Let's open it up here so I don't pour it all over myself. I'm going to pass it around, Tim. You can go ahead and uh, take the first pour and just pass it around. Take as, take as much as you want, but leave some for everyone else. So, uh, Randy, you're, uh, when did you start listening to the Three Beers Later podcast? I started listening to it um, right about when I opened up my Twitter account. It just came up as a suggested follow. I didn't know that. I listened to um, their day jobs quite a bit. Sure. And I didn't know that that was something that they did, that beer podcast, until I opened up my Twitter account and came across my feed. And ever since then, I just really enjoyed it and listening to it ever since. Are you listen to much any other podcasts at all? No, I'm not really a big po- podcast guy. Um, technology. I'm only 30 years old, and technology's kind of lost on me. <laughs> I've always been kind of a physical labor, hands-on guy, and so I'm not big into social media or anything like that. I don't have Facebook or anything like that. So, um, yeah, no, it's like kind of new to me. So, why the name 402 Beer? 
I just I didn't see much out there when I first got introduced to Twitter um, that was all about a local Nebraska beer scene, and that's kind of was my vision for it originally, was something that would really promote and um, sell the beer that was locally made here, because I think we have just a great market for it and people that are really passionate about it, and I think it it needs a bigger platform, could use a bigger fl- platform. I think we got a couple guys sitting over here that can agree with that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, poor. Uh, whose brainchild is this? A bit of each of ours, honestly. Um, something that we've both wanted to do for many years, and then on one serendipitous night, <laughs> we were uh, drinking. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> And just chatting about things and realized that we both had kind of the same vision and, and things were born from there. So, Yeah, uh, we were, were drinking at a, at a small tap room down on A Street. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Moran's. Yes, yes. Absolutely, yes. Oh, I wonder why you guys were drinking there. <laughs> and, and we found out that, yeah, we both had a, a desire to open a tap room. And, yeah. you know, separately, we weren't going to get it done. But together, it, it looked like a real possibility. So we started started working on it. And it's now under construction. So. Yeah. Yeah, that was over a year ago at this point, actually. It's been a long, long process. <laughs> and now things are, like, are going almost too fast for us to keep up. <laughs> like It's been kind of amazing, to be honest. Well, yeah, you guys, uh, like a married couple, you're picking up bathroom tile now. <laughs> That's right. We <laughs> it's true. some tile today. Yeah. <laughs> and we love it. <laughs> <laughs> so bathroom tile, that means that we're probably within the next, you know, couple months maybe? or Yeah. Um, barring any major postponements, we're hoping to be end of, end of November, beginning of December. Oh, wonderful. Oh. Peak uh, drinking season for the holidays. That's right. That's what we're <laughs> hoping for. <laughs> so, um, Randy, um, when uh, when you talk about local beer, what's some of the local establishments that you like to to frequent? What kind of breweries or beers are, are your kind of go to? Uh, local breweries, I can't say enough about White Elm. I absolutely love White Elm. Um, my whole family does, actually. I have a little girl that even loves and <laughs> en- enjoys going there and playing with their blocks and everything. So it's a easy place to bring your family. It's, it's easy to get to. It's in a good location, and their beer is just absolutely phenomenal. I don't think you can go wrong with a good Imperial Stout. It's my go-to <laughs> beer. I love it. It's always stout season for me. Perfect. Oh, yeah. What uh, What are you guys' thoughts of this double IPA Twisted Galaxy from Toppling? Dig it. Honestly, it's uh, it's got some really nice, like, yellow fruit notes, some uh, mango and papaya. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was a little concerned because it's it's probably, what, like, uh, probably six to eight weeks old now. Yeah, bordering yeah. on the, the yeah. two-month mark. But oh, sometimes I feel like Galaxy Hop beers, I enjoy them when they've got a little bit of age on them. Sometimes they're just a little bit too bitey right at the beginning. You uh, you drink too many double IPAs? And I you said stouts. but I, uh, I do. I enjoy a good double IPA. Um, this one's 
really sweet when it sits in your mouth, but after you swallow and let it kind of sit there, it dries off, and that aftertaste kind of dry, it sucks that moisture out of your mouth, and it's it's an interesting beer. It's really complex. I love it. Tim, what do you think? I, it's a really nice beer. Uh, it's got a good good malt character up front, and then I like the uh, I don't, hint of lemon at the very back of it, uh, amongst with the rest of the citrus that's in yeah, there. So. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, just, what was it, last weekend, Great American Beer Fest, uh, was in Denver. You guys, do you know about Great American Beer Fest? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, uh, one thing I was excited about is here locally, um, Cross Strain Brewing, they brought home the silver medal, um, for, uh, juicy or hazy IPAs. And the real awesome thing that, that I, because I did a little bit of research, that was the most entered category in the entire <laughs> Great American Beer Fest uh, judging categories. So normally every single year it's American IPA, but this year was uh, Hazy Juicy. So there was, was uh, 391 entries, and they were second with their uh, London uh, Fairy Nectar London Double Dry Hopped. And if I'm, I believe, actually all three places went to Midwest breweries for the first time ever as well. Yes, uh, I've got the right here. Gold went uh, to Alarmist Chicago. Brewing. Uh, they're, they're in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, and then Bronze went to uh, one in Chicago as well, the Aris Brewery and Cider House. Never had any either of those beers. Nor have I. The no. Le Juice and Folk and Haze. <laughs> Give me that fucking haze. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's. I I really wished I had some. When I was looking through my fridge, I was like, I bet I have some. I couldn't find any in the basement fridges, so we c we're not drinking that. But I this was the next uh, double IPA that I found, so this is what we're drinking. Works for me. It's very tasty. Thanks for sharing. Yes. Cross Strain's been a solid brewery right out of the gate and they've really knocked it out of the park with the the fairy nectar series oh yeah i mean fairy nectar by itself is really good but the uh, london projects that they've been doing with it the the haze that they've been putting on it has just been pretty amazing going in for the the bottom pours you might like, i'm gonna <laughs> leave a little bit, bit left i'm not gonna be that guy that takes <laughs> all of it but no, i don't know no, I, I think you should be now <laughs> <laughs> um so tell me a little bit more about pour here. Uh, what what can we when it finally does open? What can we uh, expect to to see inside? Like what 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 are we gonna, when we walk in? What's what's gonna be going on in there? Lots of amazing things. Uh, we're looking at doing twenty four taps of craft beer um, worldwide, but we definitely want to focus on the local aspect. We have a lot of friends in the the local industry, and we feel like we're in a a position in town to introduce a lot of people to craft beer, which is really important to us. On top of that, we'll have craft cocktails, uh, a really nice wine program, and 75 to 100 uh, craft spirits, you know, that you can get neat on the rocks or any way you like it, really. So, really nice selection, um, nice big bar, a lot of natural wood going on. Um, very inviting place. Small but mighty is something that we're we're talking a lot about. And you know, based on our position at 70th and Pioneers, we're looking at being classy but not pretentious. We want to educate people, you know, with regards to these spirits and, and these beers. We want them to get passionate about it. We want them to be excited about it, and we want to support the industry as a whole. So, 
Awesome. 24 taps. That's exciting. 24, yeah. That's uh, kind of a, a midpoint between not enough taps and way the hell too many <laughs> yeah. taps. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm super, well, I'm really excited for it because it's a straight shot from my house on 70th Street, so I will be there quite a bit. <laughs> According to Google Maps, exactly 1.8 miles, <laughs> four minutes. <laughs> Four-minute drive. <laughs> we came straight from there to, to make it here this evening. I so. might have to just bring out the bike again so I can bike back and forth because all the beer weight I'll be putting on here in the next <laughs> year. Who, who are we kidding? The next 20 years. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look in my bag here and see what uh, next beer we have. All right, this one is uh, a little over a year old now. Uh, this is the uh, the Monkish, McKellar, and Good Life collaboration. If urgent, please keep e emailing me. I had this uh, fresh... And then I had another bottle that I wanted to let sit for a while, so figured uh, get it out of that, that fridge and we'll drink it tonight. Has anybody here had this one before? Many times, actually. Love this beer. Yes. It's fantastic. Where'd you pick that up, Dane? This was, I probably got this at Moran's when it, uh, when it first came out. I haven't, I haven't even seen it, I don't think. No. Well, like I said, it, it came out, what does it say? June 7th, 2017 was when it was bottled, and I think we got a little bit after that. So, let's see if we can get it. Yeah, get it right up there. <laughs> nice. Lovely. Pass that around. Just glad it didn't start bubbling all over the place. That would have been great down here. <laughs> uh, this was the first um, monkish release ever in Nebraska, I think, too. Correct. Yeah. Have you ever had anything from Monkish, Randy? I have not. I am not familiar with Monkish at all. Uh, Monkish, uh, Torrance, California, I believe. And then McKellar. Do they? Is McKellar in California? The San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. yeah. Well, the U.S. one. San yeah. Diego. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping there's a little bit of funk on this one. Nose says you are correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm gonna make sure we're recording here. I can't just leave a bunch of dead airspace. So <laughs> it's got a really good, almost champagne-like quality to it. But it's definitely has a nice, nice tones of Brett. A little bit of funk to it. Yeah, and the uh, the, the label here it says this is a farmhouse ale brewed with peppercorns and orange, lemon and lime yeast, aged in oak barrels. Um, good Life Provisions, uh, one of the reasons that, that we have this is because of uh, Matt Dingus with Good Life. Um, I think he was directly involved with the brewing process with this beer, um, and he's a local distributor here in Nebraska. We're going to be working with Matt? Oh, there? yeah. We've, <laughs> had, we've had a couple of discussions with him already, and he's bringing the unique stuff that you don't necessarily you wouldn't see it here if it wasn't for him oh. he's got some really good connections which gets some interesting beer here that like i said you wouldn't see it if he wasn't here i really love matt because he's passionate about beer and he doesn't get behind like the hype with beer you know he just likes a really solid beer 
you know, there's a lot of right people to actually like brew those beers and does it. He was the first collaboration with uh, Hill Farmstead. Yeah, that came to Nebraska as well. And it was about two years, two years yeah. ago, Farmers Wave. Yep. Yeah, I I still have a couple bottles of that, but they're somewhere buried in the fridge. I think there's one in there, but it's in the bottom. <laughs> you gotta get through all the hazy IPAs that are on top of that one right now. I can really appreciate someone who's just so passionate about what they do regardless of the field but when it comes to beer there's so much just crap to sift through so much of it seems to be about the label and how it's packaged and how well you can market it and not enough about that what's in the bottle and so someone who's actually passionate about what's in the bottle and trying to get that out to people and looking beyond the super superficial crap i can really appreciate Oh, de- definitely. It kind of brings me up to something else I wanted to talk about. Um, I just was was doing a little reading here about new breweries and, and breweries opening up. Um, right now it says there's a record 7,000 breweries in operation in the United States right now in 2018. Um, which that just came from somebody from the Brewers Association chief economist, Bart Watson. I've never met him, don't know who he is. But uh, he said it's a virtual certainty that the industry will reach that milestone this year, and more breweries are on the way with more than 9,000 active permits filed with the Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau just at the midpoint of 2018. You know, I think we'll we'll see that expand even more in the coming years, to be honest. Uh, There's uh, studies that show that a brewery can be viable for every 15,000 people around them. So if you look at Lincoln, Nebraska and our current population and how many breweries we have, you know, we can still probably open another one or two and, and do that, especially considering how far Nebraska is behind on the craft beer scene. You know, only 3% of our sales typically go to craft beer and there's just so much more room to grow as a whole. Um, I think we'll keep seeing those numbers grow and I think you'll see less and less national distribution as the years go on as more local support starts to happen and people really get into understanding how great uh, local breweries can contribute to their community. Oh, especially the the community. That's kind of what I I feel like craft beer is all all about, is a community. Um, If you just think about here in in Nebraska, I think we have about 40 breweries now here in the state of Nebraska. 38 to 40, I I don't know, somewhere in there. Because a cidery just opened up. This last week, Cerro uh, yeah. yeah. Cider just opened up over by Code on N Street. Mm-hmm. And then in, an, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Cosmic Eye open up. So I think that makes it right about 40. Um, but, you know, small towns like uh, Ord, Nebraska, where, where Scratch Town is, <laughs> that that town was 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 really not not much of a town until they really got going. And, and the community around there has embraced it and... And, I mean, I, I live two, two and a half hours away, and I try to get up there when I can because they're, they're doing great things, and they're great people, too. And they're heavy advocates for their community. They were really behind, like, the public swimming pool this last year for the kids to get out and do things. Um, I would say a lot of their events are the reason, like, why new hotels are popping up in the area, supporting that local economy. And, honestly, one of my favorite stories about Scratch Town is... I covered them for Perfect Pour magazine a couple of years ago. Uh, they were the inaugural issue. And we got there early to take some photos, to interview, and that sort of stuff. They opened at 11 o'clock that morning. And at 10.30, people were already lining up at the door waiting to get in. 
and they were all farmers in their overalls, like waiting to get in. You don't think about that. In a community of 2,000 in, in Ord, Nebraska, you know, the people that are waiting at your door to get in to have your craft beer are these farmers that, you know, you're expecting to go to that, that hole in the wall down the street that they've been going to for 50 years. Yep. And no, they're, they're supporting Scratch Town, and I think that's fantastic. And I think that proves how much of a powerhouse craft beer is and how much room it has to grow. So, Oh, yeah. They're, they're drinking... Uh, beer from the sand hills instead of beer that's being brewed in giant giant formats and shipped all over the country and so i i love it i mean that's one of the main things that i love i love cra- i mean i i got into craft beer just because of the flavors but uh you know one of the reasons that that i'm doing this podcast is is all the personalities in the community and, and people that that are involved they all have awesome stories and uh, especially locally here, that's just something that I, I want to get out there to, to more people. I don't know, maybe 15 people listen to this, but who knows, next week it might be 30 people. And, and if you can turn one person on to buying something locally and spending their money here in town instead of buying a, uh, a B and Bev beer or something like that, that's, that's what I'm here to do. And beyond that, it's, it's also about these tap rooms. It's about these breweries. It's where people can meet up and meet face-to-face and meet their neighbors. We've lost so much of that in our social media age when, with Twitter and Facebook and everything else. Everything's behind the screen. And, but, you know, I, this is my first time meeting you guys, you <laughs> know. And White Elm, every time I take my family down there, it seems like I meet a new neighbor or see a familiar face. And just I feel like the craft beer industry is reconnecting neighborhoods right where they live by bringing people face to face again and shaking hands and it's it's really an amazing thing completely agreed on that yeah, yeah. <laughs> they yeah the the craft breweries are all <clears throat> about community and and you can really see that in when a craft brewery helps another brewery even though you know technically they might be competitors it, it's more of a of a rising tide lifts all shifts type of yeah. uh, situation yeah then you know i read this you know seven thousand breweries in operation right now like you kind of wonder like at some point will will there be too many but i i just don't i don't see it being too many i just see it there's just not going to be as much distribution yeah I, I would i would tend to agree that uh you're going to see more not necessarily microbreweries, but breweries that live off of their tap room rather than a distribution. Sure. Yeah, like uh, like a brew pub or something exactly, like that. Exactly. Where, yeah, yeah. where they they don't you know like a boiler boiler doesn't send beer anywhere. Besides, I mean maybe across the street to Happy Raven every once in a great moon, but uh, it's it's right out of their out of their tap room all the time. <laughs> you know, I always equate this to the uh, the 1990s, kind of when the the coffee scene erupted in america everyone kept talking about how that bubble was going to burst how there were just too many craft like coffee places and mom and pop stores and you know there was a starbucks on every corner but what you saw evolve from that was the places that still exist are the places that were locally driven and done well the mill now has is up to four locations crescent moon has been around forever coffee house uh piedmont like all these different places that do it well and support their community still exist today because people realize that they support local and they're doing things right. So, 
I think craft beer will be much in the same where it devolves back to, you know, the, as Tim was saying, like the local, you know, tap room, um, that's where people want to spend their time. Um, and as Randy was saying, um, building this community and talking to people, talking to their neighbors, getting off their phone and actually having these conversations that matter. So. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, and, and I, I'm going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know, so social media with craft beer has, has also helped me grow a lot of friendships too. Like, um, I, I've talked about it plenty of times, untapped. Um, I've met plenty of people. One of my best friends I met because we were sitting at a tap room, didn't know each other. Was it John? It was John. <laughs> That's how I met John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John. He was here on uh, my last podcast. We did a blind tasting, but um, I was sitting at Moran's, you know, like people do and drink beer and have a conversation, and, and uh, he was sitting there on Untapped, and I was like, wait a minute. I think I know your name, and next thing you know we we drink together once a week or twice a week every week and and we're great friends now so and the same thing 402 beer over here randy i we've we followed each other on untapped and we followed each other on on twitter and i had no idea that you were the same person <laughs> <laughs> uh, semi-intentional <laughs> untapped has been a great tool for me um I thought I was really into beer before I got untapped. I didn't. My wife actually found untapped for me about a year ago, and she said, "Hey, you should check this out. This seems like a cool little thing, little app to have." And I got on there, and I started seeing these recommended beers, and I start, <laughs> and all of a sudden, all these different things started growing, and then my selection in my basement started growing, and I, I can attribute that directly back to untapped just being this really incredible device to actually finding out what's out there and what you can find and releases and everything so anyone that's not on that i highly recommend getting on that as soon as possible yeah i, I i'm never gonna say any bad words about it i mean I, i'd say bad words about some of the people that use the rating system on it but that's that the app can't control that so there's there's always going to be those people out there but uh, I, I just like to drink great beers and share them with great friends. So that's what I, I pretty much use it for. Um, we're gonna open up another beer, and uh, <laughs> Josh has been sitting here a little empty for a while. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come off the mic. But uh, I want we we were just talking about the future of craft beer. I wanna jump back into a past a little bit and I want to ask each of you guys maybe what your first experience was with craft beer or what that beer was. Um, any of you guys can start and go ahead. Actually, I can totally take this one because this is kind of a thing. My family is a big craft beer family. My mom, my brother, they were really into it and I was always saying, I don't like, I don't like beer. I don't like beer. So I was in my mid-20s before I really got into it and my brother just finally said i'm sick of you saying that i'm gonna go get a mix and match six pack and bring them all to you and just start trying them and um part of that six pack was buffalo sweat from tall grass and i just fell in love with that beer like immediately i like, i love this beer so them closing their doors from trying to expand too much is quite a sad thing for me i think i had my last one of the last ones I'll be able to find until they're off the shelves here just this week. 
So uh, you, go, yeah, go. yeah. I, I just wanted to say that you said the buffalo sweat tall grass is what you're talking about. Yeah, tall grass being closing their doors. It's a real heartbreaker personally for me because buffalo sweat was that beer for me that just broke the doors down for me. That's I like that beer. That's a good beer. The, the regular or the vanilla bean. The regular yeah. when I first had it. Sure. Have you had the the cinnamon barrel, the barrel aged cinnamon? I have not. Oh, that one was so good. I really enjoyed King Buffalo, their Imperial Stout. Oh yeah, I don't think I've ever had that one. Um, it's really good. Also, is for the price point and everything for what it was. Much heavier. It was kind of a nice departure. Oh yeah. What about you, Josh? Uh, my introduction to craft beer started in Vermont. I lived there from 2006 to 2009, and craft beer was king there. Um, beer in general was actually kind of amazingly accepted in a, a new world for me. Um, they had a, a state rule that you could never force people to buy six packs of beer. You could make your own mix six out of anything you found in that store. So you'd go into like a gas station or something, and you'd see like half-picked different six-packs and stuff as people were trying different things. So up there, um, you know, I, I kind of fell in love with Otter Creek. They had a wonderful milk stout that was kind of known by the locals and everyone loved. Um, unfortunately, I moved away like the same year that Hill Farmstead started. Otherwise, <laughs> I think that probably would have been uh, Extreme Dangerville. Yeah. But, um, you know, beyond that, I, you know, had always drank craft when I could. Um, my first, like holy crap moment with craft beer and i think there's always that moment where like you're drinking it and then you have that one beer that you're just like oh i get it now yeah and that was shortly after i moved back to lincoln um i went to rib fest with some friends and it was a gorgeous night we were looking for patio seating and we ended up at doc's place and i was like you know what i'm gonna order the most expensive beer on the menu because <laughs> why not is this really worth it or not uh that beer ended up being a uh, rochefort trappies 10 oh. Uh, which is an absolutely phenomenal beer. It was eleven dollars at the time. I was like, "Holy crap!" I had no idea beer could be <laughs> so expensive. And now, tens of thousands of dollars later, I'm like, "That's a pretty affordable beer at a bar, to be honest." Um, you know, Belgian Quad. It was just, I love those like dark fruit notes. Like it was just so complex and beautiful. I just fell in love, and I've never really drank domestic other than kind of jokingly since. So. Oh yeah. About you, Tim. Well. <clears throat> I'm a tad bit older than you guys are. <laughs> and back when I first started uh, legally drinking, the craft beer was uh, Guinness and or Molson's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I moved to Kansas City um, shortly after I graduated college, and Boulevard was there. Oh. And so I started drinking the local Boulevard and saying, you know, this is good and there still is very limited craft beer out there so <clears throat> i started home brewing no oh. and that was the way that i was able to get into craft beer early on until it really started growing and it you know early 90s it really started popping and mm -hmm. uh i think probably one of the the uh first craft craft beers that i can remember outside of boulevard was left hand brewing sawtooth ale oh yeah and <clears throat> that was a that was a beer that that i really liked and 
it just went on from there. Do you still homebrew, Tim? I do. I do. I have a uh, Dusseldorf alt that I just kegged today. <laughs> oh, I, I thought I saw that you were kegging a beer today. <laughs> yeah. That's exciting. How long have you been homebrewing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tim. How long? Uh, 1996. Okay. So I was... Uh, 20-some years, if I... <laughs> yeah. 22 years? Yeah. Nice. You were, uh, you were like four years old. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was not drinking beer yet at that point. No. I was, but I'm not going to talk. <laughs> awesome. Well, this uh, this was a Christmas gift I got from somebody. That's what, hence there's the name. My name's on it to and from. Uh, this was in the back of the fridge. So I grabbed it. It's a uh, beer from uh, Unibrow. Uh, so this is a Canadian beer. Uh, Trace, Trace Pistoles. It's, uh, says it's a remarkably mellow dark ale. Complements its aroma of ripe fruit and a pleasant aftertaste that f- lingers on like old port wine. I don't know about that, but what do you guys think of it? Love it. I think uh, Unibrew doesn't get nearly as much credit as they deserve these days. They were kind of one of the first, like, old guard that came to nebraska to be honest with craft beer um this and like modite for example yeah. phenomenal beers um i do get kind of like that that dark belgian thing going on with the the dark fruits and stuff yeah. and then this beer for me has always been more effervescent than many beers in this style like it dances on your tongue it's it's very you know bubbly and kind of keeps that smell up into your nose and the flavor is very powerful for me i've always enjoyed this beer I don't know if I've had this. I think I might have had this one, but it's always good to to drink them at different times because you you never know like you know years down the road what your palate's gonna be like and kind of kind of how like uh, we were talking about you know your first introduction to craft beer. I I didn't even start drinking beer until I was into my mid twenties probably. When I when I first started drinking, it was like vodka and and rum and tequila. I started drinking booze because I hated carbonation. <laughs> I, 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 didn't, I never drank pop. I haven't drank pop for probably 25 years. And uh, when I tried to drink a beer, it was just like too bubbly and my stomach always hurt because there was too much carbonation. So I'd always just drink uh, like a whiskey sour or uh, uh, orange juice or juice and, and vodka or, or something like that. So um, and my dad, my dad was a big beer drinker, and uh, he he was always trying to get me to to try his beers, and and I would every once in a while, and but then you know I just kind of got into the, you know it's a cheap beer, drink Miller Lite or something like that, and then every once in a while I'd brand out or branch out to a summer shandy maybe, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know like wow that has a. <laughs> Imagining you drinking that, and I can totally imagine this. Yeah, like, no shame. I <laughs> no. love it. Oh, no, own that. Yeah, but uh, him, John, always gives me crap. My the first really craft beer that got me excited about beer was Fruly, <laughs> and he always gives me crap because it's a strawberry Belgian beer, and he tells me it tastes like shit, but it, it does. I love it. <laughs> 
I still drink it to this day because it's it tastes it reminds me of my grandma's strawberry candies. Those little ones that are wrapped up yes. like a strawberry. That every time I put that in my mouth, that's what I remember when my grandma used to ca- always have those in her candy dish, and I'd always sneak like eighteen of them in my pockets, and I was like, oh, I'm just eating one, and uh, and that's what it reminds me of, and had that. I forget where I. F- me and my wife were on vacation somewhere. Um, I forget where the heck we were, but I found a small hole-in-the-wall bar, and they had it on tap. And I couldn't believe it because here it was like an 11-ounce bottle. It was like $15 back in the day when it first got here, and I found it on tap, and it was $8 a pour. So I sat there and just drank and drank and drank, and, and I was like, there has to be other beers out there that have amazing flavors like this, and next thing you know, I've drank... I don't know, over 5,000 different ones and keep drinking new ones every single week. Sometimes more than I should, but... You're an inspiration to us all. (laughs) (laughs) I have so much beer in this house right now. It's it's a problem. But we're going to get through a couple more here before we, we get done with this podcast, just so... I can say that we drank like six of my beers. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, um, let's see what else was we were talking about. I talked about Great American Beer Fest. Um, that's have have any of you guys ever been to that? I've been offered tickets for like the last three years <coughs> and have had schedule conflicts each year. Next yeah. year is going to be the year I'm going. I don't care. Well, that'll it's be like an expense paid work trip. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have not been as well. Yeah, no, I haven't either. I'd have a real hard time justifying that to my family, saying we don't take a lot of trips as a family anyway. <laughs> saying no, actually, this is one that we're going to take for sure. Is or I can go on my own. You know, there's <laughs> a very vibrant like art scene in Denver right, right now. And some yeah, great things for the yeah, family to right, do. Absolutely, you, know, you can yeah. have a day to yourself. There's <laughs> right. like a Bush Gardens in Denver. They go and uh, it was a pretty cool aquarium and. Take him out for a big old hike in the morning. Tire him out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Sneak out for a couple hours. <laughs> yeah, there's like eight thousand beers being poured at that place. <laughs> yeah, where's Randy at? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> he said he was going out for bagels like three hours ago. <laughs> big city can get lost. That's that's true. No, it's it's definitely a bucket list of mine as well. The, the problem is there's just so much beer there. Like, you really have to... Well, I mean, it's it's a good and a bad problem. You're using this word <laughs> problem wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just get so... Like, I want to drink everything, but you, you can't go into a drink and everything. You got to, like, like, make a plan of what you want, want and where you want to go. And Plus, the lines are just crazy long at that, that those places. Especially that one. I've seen the pictures. I've never been there, but I've seen the pictures of them. And then, like, every craft brewery in that town is doing events as well, and they have amazing beer releases and stuff like that. Like, uh, Waldworks, an hour away, they had a three-hour line that Friday, or or one of those days right before everything went. Like, because they all know people are coming in, they love craft beer, and they want to hook them up with some cool stuff, so. I know. I I wonder, like, is Lincoln going to get like that at some point, you guys think? Like, will we have, like... I mean, right now I've seen lines at Boiler and I've seen lines at White Elm. White Elm, yeah. Um, 
you know, not like you're waiting there for three hours, but you know, you get there thirty to thirty minutes to an hour before, and there's you're waiting in line for a release. And love it or hate it, but like there's still lines for uh, Bourbon County Stout every cool. Black Friday, and yeah. KBS from Founders on yeah. typically like April first or around there. You know, people appreciate good beer. Um, what I would love to see in those lines, though, are less people like trading or razzling off those beers and enjoying them because they have that opportunity to have a nice beer, you know, afforded to them locally. Sure. You know, I don't know how we get to that point. Um, you know, everything is ever evolving, but, uh, you know, maybe we can find a way to do that. Maybe pour could do something along those lines, like <laughs> pop on site or, or things like that. And that way the, the true beer lovers have an opportunity to try those beers instead of just people that are willing to get up five hours before them and stand in line and then just sell them off to someone else. So. That's, that's true. I can never do that because I'm usually still drunk five hours before. <laughs> 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 I just went to bed. <laughs> just Uber there with a blanket. <laughs> yeah, you're fine. That's right. And you drop me off at the line in front of White Elm. They're releasing Champarado in the morning. <laughs> Uh, speaking of uh, White Elm, uh, coming up uh, is their two-year anniversary party, yeah. o- October 27th. Um, I, they're doing a, a whole event all day from like noon to midnight. So if you're listening to this, it, this should be coming out uh, hopefully tomorrow, I think. What's today? The, today's the 25th of September. So uh, got you got plenty of time to, uh, to, to put that on your calendar. Noon to midnight, White Elm. There, what? What's the address? It's Eighth uh, and Van Dorn, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Colby and the, the crew over there, they're they're gonna have live music. There's gonna be food trucks. Um, he's gonna. I think they're tapping five, maybe even more beers, new beers that day, and especially their year two stout, mm-hmm. which year one stout was phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah, it was great. Amazing, amazing beer. I still, I still have like a can or two of that, so I might bring those with me when we drink some year two. We'll drink year one with them. We should. Uh, I had a couple cans of that, and then one of the local brewers was like, "I really need to have this beer," and I very begrudgingly and lovingly <laughs> gave up my uh, cans <laughs> for him. So life regrets. Yeah. So I know that's a that's a local event coming up here. Um, what the hell? Oh, uh, also one that is coming up. Uh, have you guys been to the new Kincader location here in Lincoln? I have, yes. I have not. No? I, I, I was actually at their uh, friends and family night before they opened. Oh, and well, fancy. Oh, yeah. I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm a baller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I really enjoy it down there. I think they're doing great things. It seems like they have... Uh, staff that's really excited about what they're doing down there and i think that's such a big component of opening anything any place like that they're going to get so busy especially on game days during football season and everything that if you don't have that support of your staff and if you don't have people that are excited then it's going to fall on its face but i think they're set up really well down there to do good good things um, is it? It's all Kincaider brews. There? Yes, yes. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know if they have a like a guest tap or anything. No. Uh, they, they do a, it, it. It's set up pretty well, actually. I know they were. It was an old. Uh, well, not old. It was a an oil 
<laughs> place. Olive oil. Yes, olive oil. Do you, all know, olive do you oil. all know why that shut down? <laughs> no. And it was... It, Google it. <laughs> I went into the oil place once, and it looked really small. But I don't... They have they have opened it up, so it's... And they got some nice uh, seating on the outside, uh, back by the train there. And they're doing really good beer, so... Yeah, they actually knocked out... That olive oil place had a lot of office space ah, that they okay. knocked out of there to open that up. It was previously, previously uh, an Amtrak station, I believe, if if I remember right. Years, so, years ago, maybe? Yeah. 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 yeah, it's down there in the Haymarket, if you guys aren't sure where it is. I think it's on 7th Street, um, right next to the playground and the little uh, fountain. Yeah, and like the, the train, like mural like carved out brick oh yeah and the big train behind it yep yeah. it's just sitting there the yeah. locomotive sitting there um you know the and when the hay market's going on the farmer's <laughs> market's going on it's it's right there because like, i think they just opened uh when the farmer's market was still going on so yep but uh so they always what i brought it up is because kincader always does an awesome oktoberfest party at their Broken Bow location up in uh, northern Nebraska. Is that this Saturday or was that last Saturday? The one in Broken Bow? Yeah. I think it's this Saturday. Right. But Lincoln Kincaider is having one on October 13th. So they're, they're doing their own event uh, that day. Um, and it is... It says polka, pretzel, sausage, schnitzel, and beer. <laughs> All of these words make yeah. me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> can't go wrong with that. No, you you definitely can't uh, can't go wrong with beer, pretzels, sausage, schnitzel, and polka is good when you're drinking beer. <laughs> can't say I've ever listened to polka when I wasn't drinking <laughs> beer. <laughs> well, as a bohunk, I can attest that they go hand in hand. You can't oh. have one without the other. Oh, well, that's true. Uh, hey Randy, I'm gonna ask you to grab the water that's behind you, in that uh, pink. Remember, you have headphones on. Don't. There you go. <laughs> He's not even using them. He's just tethered. <laughs> he, he just he wanted to go ahead and uh, pour pour a little. We're gonna we're gonna do a little stout, and uh, I want to rinse out these glasses so we don't have these uh, these flavors that we've just been drinking. We probably should have did that after that IPA, but oh well. Um, so, th- so those are two things they marked down that I know are coming up. Um, also, like I said, um, Cosmic Eye um, Brewing is uh, is going to be opening here in the next probably two weeks, within the next two weeks. So that's definitely something to put on your calendars and, wa- and watch out for them. You know, Cosmic Eye, I'm, I'm so, so excited for them. Like, they've done everything by hand. Um, there's a lot of like art and personality like just driven into everything that they do. Uh, they've been passionate about this from the, the get-go. They've run into some, some roadblocks and hurdles, but have overcome them all. I'm really excited to see what they do. So, Yeah, and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but are, are they going to be the first like brewery opened in Lincoln that has no investors or anything like that? It's just strictly family? I mean, I think it depends on how you define investors. Like yeah. family investors, probably to some people would count, but yeah. um, 
Yeah, I believe so. Um, you know, when it comes to investors and opening a business, there's there's a lot to be considered, to be honest, because the liquor license, um, you know, oh, the, yeah. the liquor commission, they don't like silent investors. They want anyone who's giving you money to be noted on that bill. So a lot of people opt uh, to either go big and heavy with, like, fewer people or, or none at all, to be mm-hmm. honest, just to make that whole vetting process much easier. Um, but, yeah, it's I believe they are just family-only, yeah. only, as you were saying. Yeah. Um, you know, a labor of love, definitely. Um, and it definitely brings, like, this, this whole, like, again, like, smaller community together as opposed to, you know, other places that are just taking money from anyone and everyone and are trying to survive versus paving their own, like, unique path. Yeah, and, I mean, East Lincoln <laughs> with... Cosmic Eye Brewing opening up, and then Poor Craft Beer and Spirits opening up, literally on the same road, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two mile, two and a half miles apart from each other is is just amazing for East Lincoln because here in this town everything is is west or downtown, yeah. or and and especially when it comes to 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 craft beer and craft beer bars, that's awesome for this side of town. You know, uh, Tim mentioned it earlier, but the the concept of a rising tide raises all ships. Like, we get that, you know, we're going to be on this side of town, and people will will visit us and hopefully, you know, partake and and love Cosmic Eye and love Poor Craft Mirror and Spirits. But we're hoping that, um, even though downtown is established, for example, that people might be willing to go out on a limb and try a new beer or a new drink with us. And then when they are downtown... Uh, you know, for a Husker game or something, you know, that they might be more willing to stop into Boiler or Kincader or Happy Raven and try something that they might not have been as comfortable doing in the first place. So um, we're really excited, you know, to, to have everything going on in East Lincoln right now. Um, you know, I was really excited about Sparta being open, kind of like right in between us. We we're hoping to maybe yeah. do some like bike rides and stuff. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. Uh, we still have Zipline at uh, 56 and Pine Lake, and they're absolutely killing it at that location. It's a whole different vibe than anywhere you're seeing in Lincoln, which is fantastic. Uh, definitely love that, and, and we hope that, like, you know, maybe we can uh, grow our own community out there, you know, but that also supports everyone else because we don't look at our business model or what we're trying to do as competition. We want to support everyone. We want to educate people. We're very passionate about beer and drinks in general. And, you know, if we can all help each other, that helps everyone along the line. And there's plenty of room to grow in Nebraska. So we're very excited about that. Yes. <clears throat> um, kind of talking about that with craft beer, also craft spirits. Like, um, who were you guys both really passionate about the spirits aspect of it? Or, or how, how does that? Yeah. Um, Josh and I both, you know, we're primarily beer guys. But along with discovering the palate and the different flavors of beer, you also find out that you, there are spirits there that you can do the same thing with. They, there are spirits that have an interesting story behind them, uh, unique items, different flavors, and, and it's, it, it just expands on the same concept. You know the the beer we know really well, and and the and the spirits we know 
not quite as well, but pretty well. And uh, we thought that, again, the same passion that we have with, with craft beer, we're going to show to the craft spirit side. And it's, it's all about, at Pour, it's all about the education. Uh, we love the story behind, behind whatever it is, whether it's the beer or the spirit. And we like to you know, give, our, give our customers that education. And if, you're, if they're passionate about a craft beer, we can, we can show them a spirit that's going to have a similar vibe to it. And yeah, we just want to we want to bring that you know, it brings more people in you know there there's a certain uh, amount of people that maybe you know don't you know don't like craft beer or whatever and 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 if if they're gonna stick to their guns there, <laughs> we've got we got some other things for them. Yeah, no, I mean like uh, so I I'm a married guy and me and my wife go out. Uh, there's a lot there's there's quite a few like I love to go to breweries I love to support those local people but you know there's a lot of breweries where if they do have spirits it's very very limited you know you're getting a pour of something who knows what what it is if it's a you know if it's a high-end liquor if it's a you know a Barton's or something like that and, and just a mixer but a place like you guys you guys are gonna be doing like some real deal stuff there yes yes Absolutely. Um, you know, there are some breweries in town and tap rooms that, as you were saying, has a very limited like liquor selection. Uh, we feel like we'll be a place where if you're a if you're a whiskey person, you can come in and you're going to find something that you're going to appreciate. If you're a wine person, you're going to be able to come in and find something you appreciate. If you're a beer person, obviously cocktails. Like we want to afford this for everyone. And even on top of like the the craft beer and spirits, like we're we're even doing like craft sodas. Like I have plenty of friends that are just not super into drinking, and when we're like, hey, let's hang out, you know, sometimes I feel guilty being like, hey, let's go to the bar, or let's do this, because I know, you know, they're just there and they're humoring me as my friend. And we'll have other options for people, you know, that that work out. Well, we'll be also focusing on people with different like dietary restrictions we're, we're really focusing on being like all inclusive and trying to be a gathering social spot for anyone and everyone you know we'll have ciders for our gluten-free friends we'll have different things you know that are catered more towards like diabetics and and all these different things like where you know just come out be happy like let's hang out and and have this like social movement together that's I'm so excited. I, I wish I could go there tomorrow. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we were supposed to be open already. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Should we get into the city issues? <laughs> <laughs> no. City's great. Do you we we love the city. <laughs> Do I need to tag anybody in this? Or? <laughs> All right, uh, this beer that we've just been drinking on here, uh, this is from uh, Uinta Brewing. This is their Stomping Grounds Coffee Stout. It's a stout brewed with public, stout brewed with coffee. It's from uh, public um, roasters. Uh, Uinta is at uh, Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, it says this aromatic notes of chocolate and nutty sweetness from the locally roasted coffee beans, blend perfectly with the bold malt character of this robust American double stout. What's the ABV on this, you guys? Uh, anybody want to guess? Six and a half. 
11. I'll meet him halfway at 9.25. 8. <laughs> 8.1. Oh. <laughs> well, it's some decent coffee stout. I feel like Uinta came up like really strong there when they first got to Lincoln, but I haven't seen too much of their stuff here lately. No, they they seem to have. I, I don't know if it's a you know a choice by them, but the shelf space that they have is is nowhere near what it was, it was yeah. when they first started. Sometimes I I feel like there's a little bit of oversaturation sometimes in the marketplace um, where where. They they keep trying to expand and expand and expand their distribution, but then there'll be beers that sit there for a long time on the shelf and nobody's picking them up and drinking them, and because there's always a new distributor, new beer that's being distributed in the area and stuff like that. Well, so much of that's our fault too, because we have such a short attention span and we're greedy as hell. So we were always looking for the new thing. I I think I can really speak for all of us that. What's new is going to be flying off the shelves, and that stuff that we've had before, that we've seen before, is just, it's getting harder and harder to move. And I'm just as guilty as that as the next guy. Agreed completely. There's always going to be the untapped, unique beer checkers. There's always going to be the hype hunters. And, you know, I think eventually we'll evolve into, you know, a beer drinking society where people are, are searching after, like, you know, just the good beer. I don't think we're there yet. I think we've got a couple of years longer before we get to that point. But it does create an issue with regards to, like, shelf space. Yeah. You know, what's what's the newest, you know, game in town? We want to support that. And then, yeah, a lot of things fall off. Like, Saga Tuck. Everyone remember how big of a deal it was when <laughs> Saga Tuck came? When's the last time you bought a Saga Tuck beer? Anyone at this table? Uh, like right. months and months ago, you know, and like that was like the Michigan equivalent of like boiler. To be honest, like they were the the people that were putting out very robust beers, like flavor forward, just punch you in the face with like crazy, crazy heavy flavors. Yeah, I, and people were so excited. And then like, when was the last time you thought about Saga Tech? Anyone? The only time I ever think <laughs> about them is the Neapolitan exactly. Stout. That's yeah. the only time they had like a blueberry stout. Like you know, oh, there was yeah. like some good. I mean, decent yeah. stuff, honestly, but, like... That blueberry maple bacon one or something like yeah. that. There's not too much. There's <laughs> there's just a lot. And it... You know, it's, it's hard when you walk into a place like Moran's or The Still, you know, or Myers, and there's, like, a thousand different bottles of beer. And it's like, what do you do? Drink I don't know all. what to do. I'm going to go <laughs> for something I've never seen before, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. that's, like, that breeds that mentality. And then like You have that list in your head when you walk in, and then as soon as the door opens, your mind goes blank. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or you can just go to your local tap room and con- <laughs> where they're constantly <laughs> rotating taps. Exactly. <laughs> Which is what I've, I've done. Like, uh, I'm with you, man. You've, you've mentioned uh, White Elm. I love White Elm. I love Zipline. I love Boiler. I love all these different places for what they do. And that's really important. And when you really get down to it, it's like, yeah, support that local. Like, do that. Like, but also support your tap rooms and your bottle shops and yeah. stuff. It's fun to try those things. And and if you fall in love with something, like you can tell your other brewers, and maybe they'll they'll acclimate and try different things. And it's a, it's yeah, an ever evolving I mean, process. I mean, these bottles were all probably purchased at Moran's, I think, maybe Myers, and. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't drink them by myself. I mean, I could, but 
I do have a problem, but uh, I just want to. <laughs> I'm going to buy them. I just want to share them with people. If maybe they haven't had. I mean, I'd have to bring out the the, the heavy artillery to to if Josh hasn't had it. So <laughs> <laughs> I could. Uh, we could, but. <laughs> I feel like there's some bottles you may have that we should probably try. Yes. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of bottles that I want to try that we're not going to open tonight. We're going to do another stout next. That's my man. <laughs> we're going to open up a Rye Barrel Dosvidanya from Distill Brewery. It's a Russian-style extra imperial stout aged in oak rye whiskey barrels. I don't know if I had this year's version of this yet. I was really excited when this series was released in general because Distill is known so heavily as being like a sour producer. Yeah. You know, even even some of their stouts and even some of their IPAs like went to the sour, but like uh, the Dosvidanias, like fantastic. Typically uh, a really nice mouthfeel, heavy, full, complex flavor, and uh, the barrels really shine through. So never actually had it out of the bottle. I've only ever had it on tap, so I'm excited about this. Oh, nice. This guy's a, it's only a 500, so I'm not going to pour as much, I don't think, in that one. But, um, So we kind of talked about that. You're, you're a stout guy, you said, Randy. Yes, absolutely. So uh, every season is stout season for you. Josh, what, what is your go-to style of beer? Uh, I like the uh, the very heavy decadent beers, to be honest. So barrel-aged stouts, uh, barley wines, I typically go after. Mm-hmm. Uh, my day-to-day drinkers tend to be like IPAs and pales, like just something that you can typically crush. But if I had my druthers and, you know, my favorite styles in general, yeah, definitely barrel-aged stouts and, and barley wines. So, Tim? Well... I tend to <clears throat> follow the seasons. Yeah. I can't drink so. a barrel aged stout in, in in August. No. <laughs> I, I I just can't do it. But I I love barrel aged stouts. But you know, in the in the hot summer months, I I, I tend towards uh, more IPAs. I do tend to like the imperial styles more than just your regular. But I can also appreciate. A good session IPA or pale ale as well, but oh yeah, especially in those summer months. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. So you're ready for some pumpkin beers, is what you're saying? Uh, <laughs> we can skip over the pumpkin beer. <laughs> I don't consider that a style. Okay. <laughs> I don't mind pumpkin beers. I'm going to be honest with you. What's There's your favorite pumpkin beer, Dane? I don't know if I have a favorite, but I don't mind them. It, I don't. I, I have. I don't think I've ever ate a pumpkin pie, so I don't know what that tastes like. What? It tastes That's, just like those beers. Does it? Because <laughs> when they say pumpkin beers, it just tastes like cinnamon and nutmeg to me. So I don't. I don't know what an actual pumpkin tastes like. Have you ever had a uh, rumpkin or pumpkin by Avery? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's where I gravitate. That's that's yeah. probably yeah, fifteen percent, eighteen percent. Yeah, yeah, variant per year, but that's that's where it's at. Yeah, those are those are good ones. Those are probably the the best pump. Yeah, it's probably the best pumpkin one I've ever had. I, I, I'd, I'd have I only have one in the fridge over there, and I've never had it. it. Was a vanilla pumpkin 
uh, beer, the Old Fallen. Uh, you know, they were known for their pumpkin beer for a long time. They were kind of like the standard, and then like you had like Shipyard, and you had um, uh, Dr. Chud Pumpkin Ale, mm-hmm. um, which will be in our market for the first time ever this year, which will be right. cool. It's out right now. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. This beer is actually delicious. It's so good. It I is. feel like I can chew on it. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. The barrel notes on it are perfection. Yeah. It's a very good beer. Um, I I mean, sometimes I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I feel like I, I'm almost to the point where I don't really want to drink IPAs anymore because I've just been hammering hazy IPAs for four months straight right now I feel like <laughs> I think I probably drank 450 different hazy IPAs this this summer and but uh, my favorite style is probably sours sour sour beers are probably my favorite so can you tell me what's wrong with me because I just cannot do it I keep on trying and I cannot get into sour beers how old are you <laughs> 30 give it a couple of years <laughs> <laughs> Of your taste buds will die. And <laughs> <laughs> I and I even even the first time I ever had a sour, like I like I, like even when I was a kid, like I hated sour candy. It always puckered my face. I never liked sour warheads or any kind of sour candy. I didn't like. But first time I ever had a sour beer, I was like, "This is amazing. This tastes like nothing I've ever tasted in my entire life." Do you remember what your first sour beer was? Oh, it might have been a distill, uh, distill, uh, like their uh, what's that green can? That uh, like the one of the wild sours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of their wild sours. <laughs> that might have been lockjaw. Yeah, <laughs> 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 that, might, that might have been one of the first ones I ever tried, and I was like, "Holy mackerel, what is this?" And uh, now, I just I just love barrel aged sours. You know, mixed fermentation. Just fruited sours, what whatever they it's out there. Wild American wild ales. I, you know, I and I drink a lot of lambics too, in 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 gooses, and I really think that American wild ales are just as good as lambics. Like, like America is doing freaking sours amazingly. Like there, there's so many play like Degard and Side Project and Black Project and Casey and Hill Farmstead. Hill Farms, yeah, just. I don't need to trade away multiple beers just to get. Although then again, we live in Lincoln, Nebraska, and we have get canty on <laughs> on the shelves in some places sometimes. So <laughs> a couple times a year. Yeah. But uh, that's probably my my fa- I mean, and then again, barrel aged stouts like you can't really go wrong. Randy, have you ever had uh, Duchess de Bourgogne? No, I have not. It's like the classic sour. Yeah. Okay. You got to do this sometime. It's like vinegar on the nose and then like lends into like a nice fruity bouquet. It's fantastic. I'll have to look up what it was, but I actually just picked up a sour not that long ago from Leon's. Who Leon's has a great beer selection for just a local grocery store. And a lot of people don't know about it. So if you're like <laughs> looking for something that should be off the shelves, right, that like shouldn't that's be your there. secret spot. Right. Everyone on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of Randy's honey hole. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I picked up one that like, it was, I just said, this is going to be my last sour. Like, if I don't, I spend a decent amount of money on it. I said, if I don't like this one, I just don't like them. Like, it's the end of it. And 
So that's the last one I decided that I'm going to personally spend money on until I find one that. And you haven't popped it yet. I did. I opened it, and it wasn't. It wasn't worth the crap. <laughs> Damn it, Randy! <laughs> what was it? What was I, it? I'm looking it up right now. Keep, Get off my keep back. plugging away, Randy. You'll 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 find them. We want to judge you, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I can say I appreciate a good sour, but yeah? uh, I can only have a certain amount of sours before it starts affecting my. Before you got to pop a Zantac. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they'll start to eat away at the old stomach lining there for a while. Some And then sometimes you get those ones where it feels like they're just eating the enamel off your teeth. Just chill. For uh, me. Yeah. Up, uh, upland sours. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I went to a, uh, Three Floyd's um, Dark Lord Day a few years ago, and one of the employees at Upland showed up, and he was like, I have this bottle, and it was given to all the employees because it was deemed too sour to release to the public. <laughs> <laughs> and as he's saying this, he's filling my cup with it. <laughs> I'm like, shit. <laughs> can I cuss on this? Yes, uh, you can. <laughs> oh, if I would have known this, I would have been cussing like an hour ago. Um, and so he fills it, and I literally like drank a, a, a hit off of it, and my jaw literally locked. <laughs> like, I thought that was a joke. I, yeah. I, I referenced it earlier. Yeah. And I, I couldn't, I was like drooling on myself a little bit. Like, I, I couldn't move. It was so horrible. And he turned around to talk to someone else, and I dumped it behind me really quickly because oh. I was like, there's no way my body can handle this. And it was the most sour thing I've ever experienced in my entire life. And I feel like Randy should have this now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My last sour beer was Valley of Heart's Delight from Almanac. Oh, oh, they're pretty sour. Yeah, Almanac is, and that's an expensive beer too. Yeah, Almanac it was, is, it's a good price beer. And yeah. I, that's why I said it was going to be my last one. If I didn't like it, I was giving up on the style. Yeah, Duchess. Yeah. Duchess. You got to do Duchess once. Yeah, you just once. Ah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Hey, what's up? That, that green bottle next to those treehouse ones over there. That's uh, what beer is that? It's that cherry cherry one. Uh, I can be yes, yes. The, the you should try that one too. That one's like on shelves all over the place. It's an amazing cherry. Uh, is that a lambic? I can't remember if it's um, if it is or not, but it's amazing. You should try it. Actually, you should just come to a beer share more often because I usually open up a lot of uh, sours and stouts, and then we can just you, you'll find one that you like. Fair enough. There you go, Randy. What are you doing on Thursday? <laughs> I have another share on Thursday. Pretty excited. Um, we're going to remember bring a bunch of variants of 1050 from Oscar Blues. So don't, don't bring the mocha. I'm going to bring it. Bring the Java vanilla. I'll bring that one too. It's really good. And I'm going to bring the double barrel port bourbon barrel 1050 that just came out. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Randy, do you ever go to beer shares? I don't. Um, it, it's become kind of a hard thing for me to attend to with my little girl at home and stay-at-home oh, wife. Yep. And I've tried to learn to prioritize my life and maybe not hold beer to as high as esteem as probably See, should. You lost and me. <laughs> <laughs> Being responsible. I, I'm trying, man. <laughs> it, it's tough to do sometimes. 
Well, um, I mean, that's kind of how this podcast got started, is I've been doing beer shares with uh, multiple people for quite a while, and and the conversation about beer at those beer shares is amazing, and I just kind of wanted to take it to a place where other people can listen, and also we can we can help uh, get get the craft beer scene a little bit more notoriety here locally in Lincoln, and there might be other people that listen to this outside of town, and, and they can... Uh, they can find out what great beer we have here. Um, I'm hoping here in the next um, next couple of months, I'm going to start doing some some on-site uh, podcasts. We're going to take this. I know a place I can go. <laughs> 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 that, uh, that can definitely be in the mix. We can uh, we can move there. We'll also do some local breweries and stuff like that. Uh, already got the okay from a couple different places that uh, we can get set up and. And uh, then we can just drink, drink you know, some of their regular beers, not not crazy hype beers that I'm always looking for, but uh, just because sometimes, sometimes that gets lost in the shuffle. I'll I'll be honest, because I'm one of those guys that's always looking for the next thing, because I like to drink everything. What? You need to stop that. <laughs> 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 You'll get to the point where you're going to just love the shit out of like all these amazing local beers that are being done and you know you'll still go after some of the things that you you want to and that people are going after but like there's so many amazing beers being done locally i know i drink almost every single one of them (laughs) (laughs) once (laughs) that's true that's true i very rarely drink the same beer twice every once in a while i do i crush white elm saisons all the time though so do do you try their flat roofing Yes, I had their flat roof, and that shit was amazing. It's a great, great porter. Like, that's the porter that you want every time you drink a porter. Goddamn right. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. I mean, it's, now if it's they a wanted classic to, porter. If they wanted to add, add, like, coffee and bacon and maple to it and <laughs> stuff like that, I would also enjoy it, too. But I'm just kind of an adjunct whore, too. So, <laughs> um... I think uh, we're getting to the point of the uh, the end of this podcast. I'd like to thank you, uh, Randy, or at 402beer on Twitter, if you guys are on Twitter. If uh, you're on Untapped, he's also on Untapped. I'm not going to give his last name out. He can do that if he wants to. <laughs> uh, Josh and Tim from Poor Craft Beer and Spirits. I'm glad you guys have the name on your shirt so I can <laughs> read it. <laughs> Very, very lucky to get a poor craft beer and spirits shirt, so I'll be sporting that here. Very rare. Probably yep. on Thursday. And we have the social media as well. Yes, where can we yeah. find you on the on the inner tubes? Uh, our website is poorcbscraftbeerspirits.com. Uh, you can find the rest of our, our social media from there, but basically it's all the same. So Facebook, poor CBS, Twitter, Twitter Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Try to vary it. We try not to, to shove our social media posts down everyone's throats. Like we try to just post like unique things, like this podcast that will be showing up yes. shortly. Yeah. So. Yes. Uh, once once you guys are open, you should be cramming my Instagram uh, with we pictures will. of delicious yeah. delicious. <laughs> we'll be cramming so many things down <laughs> your throat. You have no idea. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for uh, sharing some beers with me tonight. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you guys here, and uh, can't wait for you guys to open up here in the future. And uh, Randy, thanks for coming and hanging out. Um, 
I'll put a good word in with Mark and Connor, and <laughs> maybe they'll have you on the three the th- the Big Boy podcast, the three beers. Oh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dan. Like You've been way, awesome, man. Way better than this one. Yeah, <laughs> way, way better than this one. They, they won't open up as many different beers with you. I can tell you that. But. Well, I can bring some of my own. I think I can twist her arm. Okay. Just not any sours. You know those guys like sours. I know. <laughs> I don't judge, man. I've, I've come to a point where like, I've accepted that people like different things than I do, and I'm not mm. always just right. So I can be wrong about no, sours, and <laughs> <laughs> I can be wrong about sours or whatever. I just like, yeah. No, some people just have terrible taste, and that's fine. <laughs> there's rarely, <laughs> there's rarely a bad craft beer. Just something that you don't particularly care. Sure, if you don't I've like had it, a somebody couple. else will. <laughs> I didn't say they didn't exist. <laughs> You just won't find them at four. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers.